This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate your watching today, especially if you may be watching today for the very first time. Thank you for tuning in to our telecast. Now today, we want to talk about this subject, the Rock of Ages. The Rock of Ages. Maybe you have heard a song by that title, The Rock of Ages. I hope that you'll stay tuned today. Now today on our telecast, we continue to offer the free Bible correspondence course. And I'd like to emphasize that this course is free. And we want to pause long enough for you to learn more about the course and how you can receive the course. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail. And it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580. Or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I want to read today from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 32, and I'm going to be reading just one passage of Scripture from Deuteronomy chapter 32, and that's verse 31. For their rock is not as our rock, even our enemies themselves being judges. Now I want you to notice one thing in that passage. The first time the word rock is used, there it is lowercase r. And then when it says, their rock is not is our rock, that word rock there is capitalized. So we are talking about two different kinds of rocks. Their rock is not as our rock. Now, this particular verse is a part of Moses' farewell address to the children of Israel. Moses is now an older man and he realizes that it's not going to be long un until he is no longer the leader of God's people. It's been 40 years since they left the land of Egypt. And now standing before Moses, there is a new generation. There's a new generation of young people. And he's warning them about the false gods there are around them. And he says, their rock is not as our rock. Notice in verse 37 he says, where are their gods? Their rock in whom they trusted. So he's warning them about the nations around them and the false gods to which they turn. And he refers to their false gods as their rock. And there are rocks, that is gods, to which men turn today. There are those that turn to the rock called atheism. Robert Ingersoll was asked if he believed in God. This is 
what he allegedly said. He said, I don't know. I never saw one. Well, there are those that have turned today to unbelief, to the rock of atheism. The Bible says the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. That simply means that a person is morally and spiritually senseless to make such a declaration because the heavens declare the glory of God. Psalms chapter 19 and verse 1. And every house is builded by some man, but he that built all things is God. In Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 12, there's a question asked. Now I want you to listen carefully as I read this to you. Who hath measured the water in the hollow of his hand, and meted out heaven with a span, and comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure, weighed the mountains in scales, and the hills in a balance? Now I ask, who is it that's done that? Who is it that weighed or measured the water in the hollow of his hand? Who created the seas and the, and the oceans of the world? And of course the answer to that is God. And who meted out the heavens with a span and put the sun where it is in the heavens? The moon where it is in the heavens? The stars and all of the other luminaries in, in the heavens? Where did, who put them there? And the answer to that is God. And who comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure? Who made the, the, the ratio of land to water? And God did that. And who weighed the mountains and scales and the hills in the balance? Who is it that made the mountains and the hills on the earth that are essential for life upon the planet earth? And of course the answer to all of those questions is God above. But though, there are those though that turn to, to an unbelief, to, to atheism. Well, their rock is not as our rock. There are those that turn to the rock of materialism. And there seems to be a deep economic discontent, dissatisfaction across the regions of the world. As a matter of fact, there is an economic crisis that seems to be sweeping across the world. When are we going to learn that life is not found in what we possess? It's found in what we do. In Luke the 12th chapter and verse 15, Jesus said, Take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things that he possesseth. Have you ever seen a bumper sticker on the back of a pickup truck? The one with the most toys wins? No, they don't. Jesus said, life is not found in the abundance of the things that you possess. All the little toys that you have. Someone said the only difference in men and boys is the size of their toys. That may be true, I don't know. But let me tell you, life is not found in materialism. So their rock is not as our rock. And then there is the rock of pleasure. And some people seem to always be looking for some new pleasure. Paul was talking about certain women in 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 6 and said, She that liveth in pleasure is dead while she liveth. A person may be alive physically, 
but dead spiritually if they're living for pleasure. And there are those that are lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 5. There are those that think that some new pleasure is the ultimate good. Well, their rock is not as our rock. And there's the rock of education. Education is good. But we need the education not just of the of the mind, but education of the soul. Jesus was a well-rounded young man when he was just a child still at home with his parents. We're told in Luke 2.52 that he grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and favor with man. Jesus grew intellectually. Jesus Christ grew physically. Jesus Christ grew socially, and He grew spiritually. And until we are growing in that fourfold way, we're not well-rounded. But there are those that would eliminate growing spiritually. Their rock is not as our rock. And so we need to turn to the rock of ages. I want to read some verses to you from the Bible that refer to the Lord being our rock. First of all, from 2 Samuel chapter 22 and verse 2, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. So the Lord is my rock. And then 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 2, Neither is there any rock, and that word is capitalized there, like our God. There's just no rock like our God. Then let me read from Psalms, the 18th chapter and verse 2. The Lord is my rock. And then from Psalms, the 61st chapter and verse 2. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. And then from 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter Verses 3 and 4. And did all eat the same spiritual meat? Did all drink the same spiritual drink? For that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Jesus Christ is the rock of ages. The Lord is the rock that gives life. Notice in Deuteronomy chapter 32, Verse 18, of that rock that beget thee thou art unmindful and hast forgotten God that formed thee. You see, the rock, the Lord, our rock, is a God who begets us and formed us. He is a rock that gives life. He's also a rock that saves. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse 15. But Jeshurun waxed fat and kicked. Thou art waxen fat, thou art grown thick. Thou art covered with fatness. Then he forsook God which made him and esteemed lightly, notice it now, the rock of his salvation. So Jesus the rock is a rock that saves. Then notice in verse 4 that he is a rock of perfect work. That verse says he is the rock. His work is perfect. His work 
is a perfect work. Then in Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse 31, the Lord is a rock of no comparison. Their rock is not as our rock. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. And the Lord, the rock, is that upon which the church is built. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 11 says, Other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. There just is any other rock. There isn't any other foundation. In Acts the fourth chapter, in verses 11 and 12, this is affirmed again that He is the chief cornerstone. He is the, the foundation. He is that upon which the church is built. As we read in Ephesians 2 and 20, that the Lord's house is built upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ Himself being the chief cornerstone. He is the rock. He is the rock. That makes sense then when we come to the 16th chapter of Matthew. In the 16th chapter of Matthew, Jesus had asked the question, Whom do men say that I the Son of Man am? And there were ideas that people had about His identity. But then He asked the disciples, well, whom do you, Who do you say that I am? And Peter answered correctly in verse 16, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And so He answered properly when He made that statement. And then Jesus said, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter. Thou art Peter. And upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Someone says, does that not mean that the church was built upon Peter? No, no. The church was built upon the truth that Peter confessed. What was that truth? That Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And it is upon that bedrock truth that Christ said, I will build my church. That's the reason Paul in 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 11 said, Other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid which is Christ Jesus. So Jesus is the foundation. He is the rock upon which the church is built. But you see, the Lord is a rock that gives strength. Let, listen to Psalms, the 62nd chapter in verse number 7. In God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. There's a song we often sing in worship entitled Rock of Ages, Cleft of Me, Let Me Hide Myself in Thee. Jesus is the rock of ages and blessings are found there in Him. For example, there's protection from the storm of temptation under the shelter of the rock of ages. And there isn't a person watching me right now but what you don't deal from time to time with that storm called temptation. But Jesus said to pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And uh, we, we are going to be confronted with that in life. But the place that we go 
to find shelter is to the Lord. He is the one who brings salvation to us. In Acts chapter 4 and verse 11, the Bible says, This is the stone, that is a rock, which is set at naught of you builders, which is become head of the corner. And then verse 12 says, Neither is there salvation any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men, whereby you must be saved. You see, as the rock of ages, this is where we have the blessing of salvation. It's to be found in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the reason Paul wrote in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 10, I endure all things for the elect's sake, that they may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus. And that's what the world needs today. It needs to be saved. Somebody says, well, Brother Lambert, aren't you concerned about other things? Number one, first and foremost, am I concerned that people know what they must do to be saved? And I want you to flee to the rock of ages to find shelter for your soul. But you must believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. In John chapter 1, verses 11 and 12, the Bible says, He came to His own and His own received Him not. But, but as many as received Him, to them He gave the right to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name. Those that believe on Jesus Christ have the right to become sons of God. But are they sons of God at that point? No, they have the right to become the sons of God. Because you see, they must be willing to repent of their sins. In 2 Peter 3 and 9, the Bible says the Lord is not slack concerning His promises, some men count slackness, but, but is long-suffering to us, not willing that any should perish, but, but that all should come to repentance. The Lord wants all men to come to repentance, to repent of our sins. And Luke 13 and 3 and verse 5 as well, it says it's to repent or perish. That's why on the day of Pentecost, when Peter preached to those people who asked the question, what must we do? He said, repent. That's the very first thing he told them to do. You need to repent. And just like they had sins of which they needed to repent, we have sins today of which we need to repent. Repent. And that simply means you turn away. Repentance is a change of mind for the better. And... Uh, Many years ago, there was a gospel preacher by the name of W.A. Bradfield. And he was well known in Churches of Christ. He was associated with Freed Hardeman College in Henderson, Tennessee. And he also would conduct gospel meetings all over the length and breadth of this land. And he often would preach on repentance. And he would make statements like this. I've heard him make them. He said, if you have stolen a ham out of somebody's smokehouse. Then you take the ham bone, you take the ham back. And if you've already eaten the ham, if you repent, then you take the ham bone back. He meant that when you repent, that you stop doing the things you've been doing that are wrong. It's a change of mind for the better. And no man can be saved unless he's willing to repent of his sins. And then in order that we might be find shelter under the rock of ages, and have that salvation, then we must be willing to acknowledge our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ as being the Son of the living God. If thou shalt confess to the mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised Him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. 
For with the heart man, with the, with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. You read that in Romans the 10th chapter, verses 9 and 10. But then the Bible teaches that in order to obtain that salvation, we have to be baptized. The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. That's in 1 Peter 3 and 21. And then we must remain faithful to the Lord. It's not enough to become a Christian. You have to, to live the life. You live the life of a Christian. And the Lord promised, be faithful unto death, and I'll give you a crown of life. And so not only is you have the blessing of protection from the storm of temptation, there's the blessing of salvation. But there is also the blessing of consolation in the dying hour when you find shelter beneath the rock of ages. Or else how could a man like the Apostle Paul say, I have fought a good fight, I have finished the course, I have kept the faith, henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord the righteous judge shall give me at that day, not to me only, but unto all them that love is appearing. Why, how could he come to the close of life with such optimism? It was because he had found his life under the shadow of the rock of ages. Where are you today? Where are you today? The safest place to be is in Jesus Christ. That's the safest place for you to be is in Jesus Christ. And there is a place of refuge for every troubled soul. Isaiah 32 and 2 says, And a man shall be as a hiding place from the wind, and a covert from the tempest. As rivers of water in a dry place, the shadow of a great rock. A shadow of a great rock in a weary land. And that just simply means that when you need a place to go, when you realize that your life is empty, your life is without purpose. Your life is without meaning. Your life is aimless. You're wandering aimless, aimlessly through life that you can come to the rock of ages. And you will then be prepared for your journey into eternity. It's hard for us to comprehend all of that. We might talk about it, but it's, it's very difficult to comprehend it. But I know this, that there will be some issues in the judgment. And one of those issues is upon what did I build my life? In Matthew chapter 7 and verse 24, Jesus said, Whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, him will I liken unto a man that built his house upon a rock. And the rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not for it is founded upon a rock. But whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not, him will I liken unto a foolish man that built his house upon the sand. And the rains descended, the floods came, and the winds blew it upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Now here are two men who built. One built on the rock, one built on the sand, but the, both of them built houses. They at least had that much in common. But it's only the person who builds upon the solid rock upon the rock of ages, upon that foundation of Lord Jesus Christ that will withstand the day of judgment. So there is a place of refuge. Let me read to you from Psalms chapter 95 and verse 1. 
O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of my salvation. The rock of my salvation. Then 2 Samuel chapter 22 verse 47. The Lord liveth and blessed be my rock. Be the, and exalted be the God of the rock of my salvation. Have you seen ads on television about the insurance company that encourages you to buy a piece of the rock? I want to tell you this is a rock that you can claim and you don't need just a piece of the rock. You can have the whole thing. That is, you can have all the benefits that come from building your life on the rock of ages. I'm speaking to people right now who need that kind of foundation in your life. You need something solid. You need something you can hold on to. You need something that that will help you to have purpose in life. And I can tell you, some of the things that people are turning to will not do it. Their rock is not the rock. There was a man out doing street preaching. You don't hear many preachers doing that anymore, but some do it occasionally. And there was a man in the crowd that was listening to the preacher and began to heckle the preacher. And the man was talking about Jesus Christ as the rock of ages. And it was right around the time that, that, that people would be thinking about what this heckler was saying. And he shouted out and he said, Hey, preacher! What do you think about shamrock? And he did it again, and he did it again, and finally the preacher stopped, and he said, On Christ, the solid rock I stand, all of the rock is shamrock. And I can tell you that's true. That's true because the Bible says so, and I've experienced it in my life. I want to thank you for watching today and let me urge you to visit the Church of Christ in your community. And also may I encourage you right now to please pick up the telephone and call for the free Bible course. I want to thank you for watching today and until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you is my prayer. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, 
Summerdale, Alabama, 36580 or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bibles.